the name of the one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. I stand here with you today. We stand here together with the whole of humanity, crying out for peace, for justice, for mercy. Our hearts are broken open by the images and stories coming out of Israel and Gaza as a result of the terrorist attack last week by Hamas. It is frightening. It is horrific to witness, even from afar, evil and hate and terror, to see innocent lives upended or even ended. In conversations that I have had, I bet in conversations that you have had, and in my own life I'm experiencing a mixture of anger and grief and fear and helplessness and hopelessness, as well as renewed desires to be of service, to be instruments of peace, to be generous. All of these are natural responses in the wake of the tragedy that is unfolding in front of our very eyes. What is not a natural response, what is not a Christian response, is apathy or complacency. This is not the first moment, nor sadly will it likely be the last when we receive a worldwide wake-up call to strive toward the fulfillment of the beloved community, where as the great Negro spiritual proclaims, all God's children got a robe. In Matthew's gospel, Jesus tells a shocking parable about a king who hosts a wedding banquet for his son. When those who are invited are no-shows, the king is irate, and then the story just keeps becoming increasingly violent. So when our hearts are already tender, it can be difficult to find the good news in this particular parable. As Grace would have it, I am reading Adam Bucko's fa fabulous book, Let Your Heart Break Be Your Guide. And one morning this week, as I was ha happening to read it, one of the vignettes that I read was about this very passage. So I want you to know a little bit about Adam Bucko. He is an Episcopal priest in New York City, and actually he's coming here to St. Stephen's in the spring as the speaker for Contemplative Outreach Birmingham. I'm looking forward to hearing him. Adam knows about the evils of this world. He was raised in Poland during the communist regime. Just before the liberation of Poland, Adam's beloved parish priest was killed by that regime because of his ongoing yeses to advocate for God's love and justice and mercy in his country. Rather than responding to this absolutely terrifying experience by retreating in fear, Adam has become a courageous and powerful voice for peace 
and for justice. He co-founded the nonprofit called the Reciprocity Foundation, where he spent 15 years on the streets of New York City with homeless youth. Currently, he's the spiritual director for the Center for Spiritual Imagination at the Episcopal Cathedral of the Incarnation. Adam is also a member of a new monastic community dedicated to teaching contemplative spirituality in the context of hearing and responding to the cry of the poor and the cry of the earth. So that's a lot of words to say. This man, Adam Bucko, has seen the worst the world has to give, and he continues to be sacrificially engaged in bringing about God's vision of beloved community. In Adam's reflection on the parable of the wedding banquet, he claims that the shocking language Jesus is using is, in, is meant to shake us up out of complacency, out of apathy. Like the great prophets before him, and thank God for the great prophets who followed him, Jesus is employing apocalyptic language to wake us up. At the core of this parable is invitation, an invitation to enter into God's presence, an invitation at the feast of the heavenly banquet, an invitation to invite others to the banquet. Bucko writes, it is a feast where each of us has a place to sit, eat, drink, talk, dance even, and where our wounds are transformed into gifts, where our wounds are transformed into gifts. God's desire is to gather us in, to be in relationship, and for us to be God's messengers of invitation to those that don't have a seat at the table, even with our hearts broken open, perhaps especially when our hearts are broken open, we are to be God's embodiment of hope. In order to hear and truly accept the invitation to this feast in our lives, we need to do some work. It's hard to know what to do at times like these, but as people of faith, our starting point is to present ourselves to God in supplication and prayer. Place our angers, our fears, our inability to know what to do in the heart of all hearts. Perhaps that reference, many are called, few are chosen, could be referring to the fact that few choose to truly, fully accept God's invitation for relationship. We give part of ourselves, but not all of it. Have you ever been to dinner with someone who keeps looking at their phone? Have you ever been that person? So perhaps what Jesus is saying to us is, put down the phone and pay attention. Pay attention. Receive the invitation to be in relationship with God and in relationship with one another. What's that look like? It looks like what we're doing right now, thank God. It looks like gathering together and offering up our songs and our prayers and our praises because we know that in community, 
we find comfort and strength. And we are to pray privately to God as well. Don't worry about the words. Our Book of Common Prayer has many, many beautiful prayers. Or you can just light a candle and sit in silence with God or chat away on the way to work. Perhaps right now some of us might want to grab the Book of Lamentations or a Psalm of Lament and let God have it. God can take it. We are to show up. To just show up with all of who we are and with our broken hearts willing to be changed. And then, then comes the hard part. To faithfully follow where God leads. There's only one Adam Bucko. We can't be him. We can only be the best versions of ourselves. We might not start a nonprofit like he did, or we might. There's so much we can do. So Friday morning, I was praying with this sermon, and I decided to take a little break. It was a pretty morning, and I opened up the front door to go for a walk, and sitting by my front door was the most simple and beautiful little glass vase, and in it, it had goldenrod and some purple flower I've never seen before, and this fall-like wheat grass. It was just lovely. There was no note, none at all. Just a gesture of generosity, a glimpse of beauty in the midst of anguish. We can cut flowers. We can call people who are lonely. We can call our Jewish friends who are reeling. We can call our Muslim friends who are afraid. We can send money to aid agencies. We can pray for peace. We can advocate for peace. We can be more peaceful and more just in our thoughts and in our speech and in our actions. What we are not to do is to check out and assume that there is nothing for us to do. After years of being with people who are dying, I have, they have taught me that as long as there is breath in us, there is something we can do. So Paul writes from jail. Did you get that part? Writes from jail. A word of encouragement to the people of Philippi. Do not worry about anything, <clears throat> but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. In scary and difficult times, we can wonder, where is God in this? Jesus was subjected to the worst that humanity has to offer and caught in the crossfire of his own time. God is in the suffering with the innocence holding them in great love. God is in the brave people protecting and caring for those in need. God is in the peacemakers. God is in us, in our prayers, in our generosity, in our advocating for justice and peace. God is brokenhearted with us. God is with us. God is here, right here, right now, gathering us in gathering us in.
and sending us out to do the work we have been given to do. Just a little bit ago, we sang our sequence hymn. It's called Gather Us In. It was composed by Marty Haugen. So a few weeks ago, Whitney and I sat down thinking about this Sunday and what music might be appropriate. And we chose this hymn thinking I was going to be preaching to you about the Philadelphia 11, the 11 women who were ordained, first ordained to the Episcopal Church and were viewing the um, documentary about them this evening. But of course, that's not where we landed today, right? But I want you to hear one of, the, and how beautiful this song is for where we are today. One of Haugen's intentions in creating that piece was to remind us that the work of the kingdom takes place not in some heaven light years away, but now in the midst of the gathered inclusive community. And so as an outward and visible sign of that truth, I'm actually going to ask you in just a second to stand up and we are going to sing just the first verse of that hymn as a closing to this sermon. So will you please stand and turn to page five, just the first verse. Mm -hmm. 